0: Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church. We will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. What's up, everybody? It is... Episode four, we're back again, episode four, Four. and uh, we're going to go around. My name is Brooke, you guys know this, Uh, I work here. Who else?
1: Uh, Tanner. Tanner's back! Tanner, Tanner Hodges. Welcome back to the Great Republic. Yeah. Yeah, I... Went to Colorado, and it was painfully obvious I was not from there. (laughs) Wait, how could they tell, Tanner? (laughs) You know, I really didn't think I had an accent. Uh, (laughs) You didn't think so? I didn't think so. Okay.
2: Um, Everybody that's listening. That's that's what gave it away, though? That's what gave it away. Everybody that's listening are
0: laughing right now. Absolutely, yeah.
1: (laughs) I know I have an accent. I got it. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, we're glad to have you back. Welcome back. We had fun with Jordan, but uh, you know, having you back here is great.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It's good to be
0: back.
2: It really was fun having Jordan on last week. I look forward to him crashing the party from time to time, but we did miss you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Glad to be back. Yes, and I just can't help, you said episode four, I'm like... I did. The New Hope, A New Hope, or whatever the title of Star Wars episode four is. I'm such a Star Wars freak, it just came to mind. Freak, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, you know. That is the word I was looking for. Yes. 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 Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: Uh...
0: We actually just finished The Mandalorian last night. Cause, Season two? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Enjoyed that. It was good. Yeah.
2: Don't good
1: don't stuff. spoil it. I haven't seen it. Don't mm. spoil it. It's okay. It's fine. I
0: won't. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> yeah. We were off track in like two minutes. You know, it doesn't take very long. But <laughs> I, I would say I had to
0: get a shout out to, uh, to Lauren Ligon. Um, she was listening last week. And uh, while we were struggling to come up with a radio station for Jordan White... She sent one in, and she said uh, she thinks it's somewhere between Joe Dirt mixed with Dave Ramsey. Ooh, perfect! So somewhere in the Joe that Dirt that Dave Ramsey. That is spot on. I don't <laughs> know Joe Dirt where. Ramsey.
1: I don't know how he's going to feel about that. Yeah, well, I don't
2: know. I, don't know. I think I he'll. Know. I think he'll love that.
0: Both respectful guys, you know. Very.
2: <laughs> Both really you know? like leaders in their field. Absolutely. I'm not
0: sure where that is on the Sirius <laughs> XM dial. Joe Dirt. Dur- I'm sure it's in Ramsey. there somewhere, but that's uh, yeah. So oh shout my out to Ligan. She uh she
2: I love that. that. Um, it was good. So, Lauren, why are we here? Why are we here? I am still excited about this new platform we have, Mondays, digging a little deeper into mm-hmm. the previous mm-hmm. Sunday morning's teaching, uh, talking a little bit more about what it means to follow Jesus in our current cultural context, and hopefully just... Modeling and, and teaching our people, uh, learning as we go about having conversations, yeah. uh, not just lecturing as we do often, as I do often from a stage or presenting curriculum, you know, for people to, to dig their way through, but to learn to have conversations, to ask open-ended questions, to, to learn to disagree and have civil discourse. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't that sound like something we need these days oh, is yeah. to learn how to... To have civil discourse,
1: yeah. Well, and how can I, you know, gosh, how can I still love that person that I have civil discourse? It's like for some reason I feel like we we're in this mode of uh, forgetting all the good experiences we've had with each other based on one disagreement.
2: Oh my mm. goodness, that's spot on. And yeah, I'm it doesn't like, take more than one Facebook post for me to forget. That's so well put. To forget the incredibly wonderful, rich friendship driven mm. experiences i've had and all of a sudden i'm mad at that person yeah. or i'm questioning how we ever became friends in the first right. place right and <laughs> that's sad that's yeah. so sad awful i hope i didn't admit that out loud on a podcast
0: oh <laughs> uh, well, we can edit that out in post right sure yeah yeah <laughs> and we'll get that later
1: yeah we'll edit it out yeah.
0: <laughs> no i agree I, i'm uh, i have to say i have enjoyed doing this just in having the conversation it's not like this is Crazy for us. This is just putting microphones in front of some of the conversations that we already have anyway. Yeah. But, but just the fact that we have uh, decided to go down the road and start doing this, um, and it's been a blessing, at least for me, just getting to have the conversation and even even bringing Jordan in last week and yeah, um, you know, just being able to do something different. So it's yeah, been great it cool. for me.
2: I confess I haven't, for example, asked you the last couple of weeks, Brooke, how many listeners we have or how many subscribers we have. Don't tell me I don't want to know. But I think it's evidence of how much. I've enjoyed it for me, you know, I yep. mean, in theory, we're doing this as a ministry platform. We're doing this to bless colonial people, uh, and anybody else that, that, that tunes in, as you guys like to say, but I find myself <laughs> just looking forward to Mondays, looking forward to Monday mornings, uh, and having conversations with you guys right. about, yeah. about stuff. So, um, so yeah,
1: it's been really insightful for me. It's been good. Even like, you know, I uh, got to take the vacation last week to Colorado and it was really awesome. And to get to, listen to the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, head as we're driving, you know, listening to the conversation yeah. you guys had.
2: Your wife pops in. Uh, I love it. She texted me later Monday. So it wasn't like you no, guys it, were listening. It to was it. like,
1: it came out and we yeah. put it on and listened. Yeah. I
2: forgot what she texted me, but she was just like sending me a like giggling emoji and a quote that I said. And I'm like, this is so like surreal. Yeah. Somebody's listening. She asked if up. it was a Lauren Jones. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's what it was. I said, I said, all truth is God's truth. Is and she Laura said, Jones "Is that original? is that?" And I, I had to admit, no, 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 I'm regurgitating that that nugget of wisdom. <laughs> uh, you know. yeah, I you have know. no original thoughts. Just to be <laughs> clear. <laughs> no,
1: we had fun. We had fun. I want to hear about event. it. Tell
2: tell us. Give, give our listeners just a, a window into your Rocky Mountain adventure. This
1: yeah, it was week. cool. Uh, so I have to I. I really, uh, I'm so thankful. We have really good people around us, and uh, so we were actually, uh, some friends of ours were really, really gracious to us, and uh, I had already planned to take some vacation time, um, and we were just going to kind of hang out at home and probably do projects and all the things that get put off, you know? Staycation. That's Staycation. what Staycation, yeah, man. The honey-do list. That's exactly. Um, and some of our really good friends were just like, no, no, no. Um, you guys are going to go to Colorado. And we we're like, seriously? So they made it. R- I, I just have to say, man, I'm so thankful for those people mm. in our lives um, who just made it possible for us to just get away and go experience something new. Our kids got to go play in some snow.
2: I bet that blew their minds. Didn't oh my it? gosh,
1: man. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny. Deep. We went powder from, snow, right? We went from like, yeah, we went from like, it's funny to watch this happen on my kid's face. I'm, maybe I'm just a terrible dad. I don't know. <laughs> but. The excitement of, oh, my gosh, it's snow, and Dad is, like, I walk out in this deep powder snow before they did, and so I'm, like, knee-deep in snow, and they're so excited. They jump in, and immediately snow gets in their boots, and they are screaming in pain because it's so cold. And I'm <laughs> like, Come on, let's get out. So we got to play in some snow, got to go tubing. We didn't get to actually go skiing um, again, you know. For the much more intelligent people than I am, uh, everybody knows skiing is expensive. Mm. And in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, we'll totally go skiing. I'm like, no, it is so expensive. Very, Very expensive. expensive. But it was cool. We got to go hang out and just see some cool part of the world. Gotta go on a sleigh ride. Um, and so it was really cool. I uh I will say this too, I learned like the whole time we're there, um, we're enjoying our time, but we're thinking about people that we want to be there with us. You know, we're thinking about all the people we want to share this with. Um, And we were talking on the way back, you know, just kind of taking stock of our experience and maybe even things that God was saying to us while we were there. And uh, it kind of came out that um, while this place was really, really beautiful, like arguably one of the most beautiful places in the United States, Um, it wasn't enough, like, and I'm, let me try and explain this. Um, we realized that like people make the place beautiful, you know, where you like, where your community is found Mm. is beautiful. And, um, coming back into Wichita Falls, it's flat, incredibly flat. Um, and, uh, we just were excited to be back and be with our community and, um, I think that was a huge gift to us from the Lord to just be reminded that you can be surrounded by some of the, his most beautiful creation, uh, and not have a community around you. And it's just not enough. And so we were really excited. We're excited. I mean, we're grateful for that trip. Um, it's really good to get away. Um, even if it is just to be reminded about how good you have it in some place. And so we were thankful to get back and just be with our community and be with people that we know um love us unconditionally. Um and so uh yeah, we had a great time, but we're really happy to be back. I love that.
2: I love that you got to experience it for your family. I loved seeing the pictures of the big grins on yeah. all four of your faces. Oh yeah. Five of your faces even. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I I hmm. At the risk of being redundant, I totally resonate with what you're saying. People have asked us so much the last couple of years, you know, you moved from Colorado to Wichita Falls? Yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and and we didn't have people here. Sure. Um, And yet, I think that's part of the joy of getting older for us is just realizing firsthand, we've lived in several different places, and from every location we go, oh, those people are dear to us. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's evidence. We could live anywhere. I could live in Fargo, North Dakota. I could live in India. And there's challenges to all these places, and there's things that are less or more beautiful. Yeah. But you find the body of Christ. hmm You find really good friendships, mm-hmm. uh, given enough time and effort, and shared experiences. And it's just, oh. it's I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, yeah, I could live in Wichita Falls for a long time. That's my heart's desire. Yeah. Cause I want to do life with people and then I still get to go vacation in Colorado or wherever, you know, I'm glad that you guys got to experience that and have that sense of contentment. It's just cool. It's just cool
1: how, you know, God does that. You know, he gave us this incredible gift using our friends to help us do that. Yeah. Got to go see this beautiful place, see his creation, see uh, his painting, if you will. Whoever,
2: whoever you are that blessed them with this trip. Uh, Thank you on behalf of everybody. Yeah, I'm, that's
1: not where I thought he was going. It was thank <laughs> you. Uh, hmm, where's my gift? No, <laughs> oh, well, that goes without saying. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm
2: waiting for the call. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I will say uh, these friends can gift us that anytime. That's <laughs> right.
2: Doesn't have to be a one-time thing. <laughs> that's right. You don't want I mean, it to be. That's I think, right. I think if Tanner gets to go, is probably the stipulation. If that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Can you relate to that thought though? Because I know you guys lived on the west coast on the beach.
0: Yes, yeah, I know absolutely as you're saying that, I'm thinking the same thing, like I can totally relate to living in an absolutely gorgeous place mm-hmm. that I would love for it to be home. you mm-hmm. know we we literally lived in a condo with a pool, and we were three and a half blocks from everything and the beach. Which beach was it? It was Huntington Beach in California. And I mean, it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And everybody's walking their dogs and they're out, you know, Mm. walking their kids and you know, (laughs) there's bar, like they literally, we'd have like Tuesday nights. It was surf city nights and we had barbecue stuff out there. And so it smelled, you know, amazing. And then you go and you leave the windows open and the doors open and it's cold at night and you have the breeze coming off the ocean and literally it's incredible. And then we moved back to Oklahoma and then to Wichita Falls. And you can ask the same question, like, but why? 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 And I think I still ask myself that when I walk outside and there's not palm trees. I ask myself, why? Why? But I get it. It's like you know, we did, we didn't have the community there, and so when we came back to Oklahoma, we moved back to where we had family, and things have changed since since then. And we, you know, our family has kind of scattered again. But um, that was one of the things that was a big deciding factor. Was man, we just really needed that community around us, and we wanted to have our family around us as well.
3: Mm.
1: Well, it's been it's been it, like I said, incredible gift for us. Uh, I feel like starting the new year with that reminder of, dude, your community matters, people matter, and um, again for us, kind of a phrase God gave us was, people make the place beautiful. So, um, thank you, all you beautiful people in Wichita Falls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's good. That's good. I'm good. We're glad to have you back. So um, let's dive into some of the conversation we had over the weekend. You were actually here with us, Tanner, yeah. so that was great. We're glad to have you back. You were man in a camera. in a camera. It was that's cool. fun. I got
1: to put a camera in people's faces. I don't know how awesome. many people
2: noticed that. Uh, obviously, if you were watching online, you didn't see that. But uh, if you were in the room, I wonder how many recognized Tanner with his mask on covering part of his face with his baseball cap on uh, but he was up at one of our cameras doing some some fancy camera work it was
1: awesome we got it. yeah we placed a new camera in a different spot got uh, got lighting new lighting in our yeah. room
2: we, didn't make, really we cool. didn't make we didn't make we didn't we didn't notice that out loud I, I had thoughts of drawing everybody's attention to it and I, yeah. I chose not to for whatever reason but so much uh, mm-hmm. repair and replace work oh man yep. that, it was cool dude. insurance team. paid for thank god Whew. Yeah, insurance insurance came through pretty heavy for us. We had lightning strike back in October. October, we, yeah, took yeah. a bunch of stuff out. It's been a fun
0: three months. It's
2: been four months. It's been unique. But all know. that say, you were you were part of the work of just helping. Hey, let's move a camera over here. Let's have a different shot, profile shot on the stage, and be able to. If you saw some shots of even the crowd worshiping a little bit, yeah, that's just an effort to try to be creative and.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Um, one of our one of our directors, camera directors, Justice, uh, was directing, and it was cool to. Um, It was nice to be reaffirmed by him. Like, yeah, Tanner, that's a good shot. Thanks for giving me that (laughs) shot. You know, that
2: was cool. Can you say it like Justice?
1: Uh, No. No. no.
2: Where's Justice from originally? I don't want to misspeak. Do you guys? I'm not sure. I actually don't know. Down in the Caribbean though, right?
0: Well, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, And we talked about this last week with, with Jordan here, from Lauren, from your perspective. But Tanner, from your perspective, when you get to be on a camera and this weekend watch um Kelly and Michael lead us in worship like yeah. tell me about that experience like what is that for you being able to not be in the front not be in the spotlight not be the one that's saying things from the microphone and watching your team do the same thing and yeah. lead us that way
1: well I, without being like i don't know i don't know if condescending is the right word um but like i just feel like a proud dad like i'm just really grateful for our team um and it's just it's cool to be able to see them do that. I, I, most people would expect that. Like I would just be so excited to be on stage and do all that stuff. And it's actually not the truth. Like I, the times that I feel most fulfilled in what I'm called to do, the times that I feel um, like I'm living into where God has placed me are not the times that I'm leading from the front. It's the times that I'm in the room watching this team God has put together, just do this and do it really well. And in some cases better than I could. Um, so it was really fun to be able to run a camp, just, you know, not to, not to degrade what our camera guys do. Like, uh, it's, it's, um, it's not like the most challenging thing in the world, but there is an element of creative creativity that is just so much fun. And so it was cool to be able to do that and be in a different role than I normally get to be. Um and then just watch Michael and Kelly lead us so they well. They did a great and, job and lead
2: us from their heart, you know? Like it's very authentic. Yeah. Um whether it's whether it's messing up and just going with it, <clears throat> yeah. Or it's just, hey, let's let's sing that again. Or yeah. it just it was a it wasn't there wasn't an ounce of show. It was Yeah. Or or Michael a couple times saying, I man, I just want to say this. Yeah. Just from the heart, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um I also maybe it's a great opportunity to say, and we need some more camera operators. I mean, there's a, there's an entry point there for people to be involved with your worship team that on one hand doesn't require much skills. I've done it, <laughs> <laughs> but also has tons of room for doing it really well. Like yeah. learning to do it really well mm-hmm. and contributing in a creative way. So yeah, whatever absolutely. that's worth, if you're listening and you want to help out, that'd be awesome. It's great. We yeah. need more camera operators. Absolutely. We I was, people. I was grateful you empowered those guys to Kelly and Michael specifically to lead us. Yeah, they're two of my favorite people too. So that's fun. Yeah, they're I cool. wish more people knew them. You know. <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure, for sure. Get to know them. It's definitely fun to watch them get up and lead, and and uh, as you said, you know, be able to watch that from the from a different point yeah, of man. view and perspective, and get to experience that differently. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, so as we dive into our conversation from the weekend, you know, we we launched into the message this weekend, talking about you know the the deep theological. Um, battle between baptism and child dedication. I was wondering where you're you know? going. The deep <laughs> theological
2: battle. I was like, I don't remember. Deep theological I did.
0: I didn't remember bringing that up. <laughs> sounds great.
2: We did talk about we I love that we got to celebrate the Morris family right. and the Morales family and their dedication of Sayla yeah. and 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 Miles, their two babies and and then of course the two big girls with the Morrises. Mm-hmm Uh, That was a special moment. I loved that. uh, I believe it was uh, David Skipworth, longtime colonial member that chimed in, man, I'm so glad we're doing that in the auditorium with the whole church. There's something about that that just seems right. And uh, and I agree. We haven't done that for many, many years. We've done it kind of separately. There's something even just little about that that's significant to me that we're celebrating that as a whole church family. But we did juxtapose that, rightfully so, I think, with hey, some churches have the tradition, the practice of infant baptisms. Mm-hmm. How come we don't do that? Right. Um, so I, I thought we could dive a little bit deeper into that. Can we talk about infant baptism for a minute?
3: <laughs> sure. There
2: may not be anybody <laughs> interested, <laughs> and yes, yet, no, no, I have to no, believe... No, we're not gonna do that. You guys are humoring me. That I have to believe we've got a bunch of people that, that call Colonial Church home that either grew up in a different tradition, where... Either they or their kids were baptized as infants, mm-hmm. right. or maybe we've got some folks that are just they're earlier in their journey, their spiritual journey, and they don't know why different churches do that yeah. differently. Sure, um, were either one of you guys baptized as babies? Yeah, I was not. Yeah. No, I was. So, so, so first, Brooke, you I think grew up like me right. in a Baptist yes. church environment where where what we call believers' baptism mm-hmm. here at Colonial they practiced okay. right. How old were you when you were baptized? Uh,
0: I was seven. Seven. That was uh, in in me looking back at it. I would I would uh, I was not ready for that sort of thing. I I knew the right things to say. I went to church all the time, and so I knew all of the answers. Right. And that led me to that place. And I think I had I had made a decision to follow Christ, but ultimately I was still a seven year old. Like, right. I mean, oh, I my understand my understanding of what that decision actually meant did not come was until. Limited. Until far later, right? So yeah. so yes, I got baptized when I was seven. My dad actually baptized me in our church, which was really cool. Um, I probably really didn't care because I was seven. So uh, it was it was, you know... I think not only can
2: I resonate with you, but I'm guessing a lot of parents can resonate with, okay, my five-year-old's asking questions, my right. eight-year-old's asking yeah. questions, my 12-year-old wants to be baptized. Yeah. Like, when is it appropriate to let them own their faith and take that big step. And that for me, I'll speak for me as a dad, that influ- what influences my decision there with my girls is I also got baptized at 7. Mm-hmm. It was June 7th, 1977. I was 7 years old. That's, That's always impressive. stuck in my head. And I think it was it was genuine, <laughs> but my understanding of what it meant to follow Jesus was like right. half a
0: percent. Yeah, exactly. You know,
2: I and I was smart enough to regurgitate some things. Right. I definitely prayed genuinely Mm -hmm. that he would come into my life. I think I said, come into my heart. You know, that's the language I used. Probably, yeah. But all that to say, it's such a hard thing. Part of me wants to just make my kids wait. Mm -hmm. I had the same thoughts. Until they just, they know, they're sure. All that to say, let's shift to you, Tanner. You were baptized as a baby. Mm -hmm. What made you decide (laughs) <laughs> as be a baptized baby, as a be baby. Baptized. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well,
1: I was really, really smart for it as a, for a baby. <laughs> and I just knew, no, <laughs> uh, I grew up in Methodist church. Um, as your background. United Methodist. Background. Yeah. United Methodist church. Yeah. So like, you know, um, I, that's just kind of what we did. That's just the, the, the belief in, uh, the church was you baptize your babies. And really, you know, more of that is about, oh, I'm, I'm, I had to be careful here, uh, I have a lot of family who uh may listen to this too uh um but i uh most of that is about the parents it's about it's about committing committing as as parents um as a body of believers mm. in the church itself you you know for me when I was baptized, we're standing right in the front of the church, all the church um we have this reading that we say. Um, the parents will recite. The church responds, um, and it's a commitment. part of the thing that I love about it is because um, we've been, my wife was uh, my wife Shelby was raised in a Methodist church as well, and we've had had this conversation uh, as parents. Um, one of the things that I really love about it is this um, commitment between the church body uh, and the parents to help raise this child. Mm. Um, in, in this belief. And it's such a beautiful moment. It's one of the things I, I miss uh, with the way that we do baptism here at Colonial um, is really it's it's this person getting baptized, speaking with either the mom or dad, or like a pastor that's baptizing, or maybe a leader in their life, but the church is not responding in this other than like maybe clapping and celebrating. Right. And there's this conversation that happens between parents and the church and this commitment in this baby's life. So I was baptized as an infant, and it was a really beautiful uh, thing. It, it, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen it happen uh, in the church, and I, it's a it's a really cool moment.
0: Okay, well, I, so I'm I'm curious here. Yeah, this no, is good. this is foreign to me that yeah. that in that way, right? The way we've talked about it is sure. foreign to me. But sure. I would say that it also sounds almost exactly like what we did growing up for child dedication. Well, that's like When we did baby dedication, that's what it was mm-hmm. where in my head, when you say, Oh, you were baptized as a baby. I'm thinking you got water sprinkled on you or, or something along those lines mm-hmm. just from, you know, pop culture or sure. something else. I, I, I don't have that background. So, but you're what thinking you're seeing from the Godfather, probably. That's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but, but to me, that's like, that sounds exactly like what we did for the child dedication where the child dedication was like hey, we had a whole a, a, you know a whole bunch of people that mm-hmm. came up and they were going to dedicate their their kids and uh, my parents did that with us sure and they would go up and they the pastor would ask like you know what's your name and what's the kid's name and um, I mean it was it was rather short interaction, but then they would have somebody that prayed over you. And then basically the idea was that the church is also saying the same thing, that we are here as a part of this community to help you raise your kids, that this is sure. not a, you know, to, to, to basically do that, to affirm all those same beliefs, the thing, the things that you're saying, this was just maybe less um, liturgical, if you will. Yeah. Well,
1: so I, I would say a uh, couple of things. Um, one is... It is, it is incredibly similar, uh, this moment of being actually baptized as a baby versus being dedicated as a, as a baby. Um, it, was, it is incredibly similar because it really is this promise uh, of a parent. Um, do I believe, as I was baptized as an infant, do I believe that I made that decision? No, absolutely not. My parents made that decision for me, um, which is why when you're baptized as an infant in the Methodist Church— you go through something called confirmation when you're 13, um, and and it is helping you understand what the meaning of your baptism was, and you get a chance to declare your faith in front of your church after you've gone Ooh. through confirmation. Ooh. And so it's basically recognizing. If that's that's when the choice happens for you, is um, you honor your baptism, and you, you're you choosing to honor your baptism. So um, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's, it's just different. It's a oh, little yeah, bit yeah. different in that. The other thing, too, is um, I would say this, hearing both of you actually speak. Uh, I, I, you said, Lauren, you said uh, <laughs> you were baptized uh, on the 7th at seven years old in 1977. That mm-hmm. was like Bruce Almighty moment. Yeah, Three and the right. seventh at seven. Um, <laughs> I didn't plan
2: it that way, uh-huh. uh, you know, but it happened. But it happened. True story.
1: And even hearing you, Brooke, talk about you would think you were seven years old, you didn't really mm-hmm. know what you were doing, all that stuff. Really, it was probably a decision made by your parents. So that is something I'm sitting here listening to you guys speak about it, and I'm going, well, then how is that any different than me being bat- baptized as right. an infant? Yeah. Because I didn't understand what I, what I was getting, what I was getting into, and both of you guys— Growing up, uh, in that in that uh, realm, would say I'm not really sure I knew what I was getting into then.
2: True, true. The only pushback I would give you is at some small level. Unlike unlike an infant, sure. literally has no voice. <laughs> yeah, at some, literally um, at some small level, I definitely I responded to an indication. Right, I responded to hearing the gospel. I told my dad specifically. I want to become a Christian, you know? Right. And that's that is that—that's the difference. The, mm-hmm. the, the part that I would say that I just didn't really know what I was doing, so to speak, it's on a continuum. Sure. You know, I just, right. I, mean, do I did I know at seven what I know now at 51? Absolutely not. <laughs> did, did I know at seven what I knew at 13? Right. No way. No way. You know, but it was still a very genuine, you know, experience. I think, I'll, I'll chime in, um, my world was rocked when after growing up Baptist and in that that church background for so long, at the age of twenty three, I became a part time youth director in a United Methodist church. That's where our stories overlap <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. Mm-hmm, Tanner yeah. is, and all of a sudden, uh, there's infant baptisms. Uh, there's this thing called confirmation. I was in charge of working with the middle school and high school students, which means you leave. And suddenly (laughs) Lauren, you're in charge of confirmation. And I'm like, what is that? Uh, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) So I'm crash. I'm just crashing, crash coursing on what is this confirmation thing? Which couple things real quick. One, my favorite pastor of all time that I've ever worked with that I've ever respected the most United Methodists he was my favorite and i'm not saying that about all methodists i'm saying bob was methodist and he rocked my world because i'm like oh you can love jesus and be methodist i didn't know that as a baptist you know that's huge um it, 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 in all honesty, it expanded my understanding of the kingdom of God. Sure. It's not just my little denominational camp, you know, right. which, which drives me to this day to go, I want to connect with the church across the city. I want to, sure. yeah, we can disagree about things. Even, we can even disagree about a few really big things, mm-hmm. but we're all pursuing Jesus in, yeah. and to our best understanding. So Absolutely. that's one thing. Another thing is then, as, as a youth worker at the time who then goes off to seminary and studies how to be a, become a pastor. I did my master's thesis on confirmation. So we haven't even talked I did about not know that. that. Yeah, we should have, yeah. we should have lunch sometime. Yeah, we and, just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. and I came to realize, oh my goodness, what a, what a potentially, what a meaningful, uh, rite of passage mm-hmm. that is just missing, for example, in the Baptist church. Yeah. We don't have that for Middle school students, this very intentional, sometimes year long yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. What do you believe? Do you know about church history? Do you know why we believe these things? Do you know where we, we even started this thing we're in right now? I didn't get that in my upbringing, and sure. so, um, and it really made some context for infant baptisms. Sure. Do you have any thoughts on Brooke? I'm, I'm going to pause at least before I keep going.
0: Well, I, I think I think just the thing that pops into my head is that. It it, that makes a whole lot more sense, Tanner. Hearing hearing what you're explaining, Mm -hmm. I think just from my lack of understanding, I just have this idea in my head of oh well, that's it, you know. Oh, you got sprinkled as a kid. The end. Like I'm moving on, right? (laughs) Yeah. But but to hear you say that, like it doesn't. It sounds like we're using different words, and maybe the 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 ritual, if you will, is different. Mm -hmm. But that ultimately we're saying very similar things. I think uh, I think i I would have some pushback from my own personal experience of even at thirteen, I don't know at thirteen that I was a whole lot better than I was at seven as far as really understanding um all of that. and I spent you know three, four days a week at church, you know, that was sure. it was that was what we did. We went to church and and so th- there's. Just just to hear that is like, okay, well, I, I get that, and and I think that even as we talk about baptism in the ways that we do it here, it's still that confirmation, and we have a class ahead of time that's like, let's talk about this and let's understand yeah, why this sure. is, why you're saying, what, you know, what does it mean to make it, to, to make this decision to get yeah. baptized, and not just because we decided we wanted to do it again, or mm-hmm. it's been long enough and now we need to do it again, or, or any of the other myriad of reasons why we've heard people say they want to get baptized. Baptized, but to go through even that sort of thing—that's kind of like a confirmation. And maybe it's not official like a confirmation is. Sure, that is much much more detailed or something along the lines, along those lines. But it's at least step in that direction sure. of a very similar thing. So just to hear you explain that to me makes even more sense of. Yeah, we're not really that far off. Yeah, maybe we're doing it a little bit differently or we're doing it at different ages or we have a little bit more structure around it depending on which side you're on, but right. that it's not really that different. It's yeah.
1: The, well, and that's that's the it's the thing. It it is it, it it's it's um Well, to clarify, I mean so I was baptized as an infant, but several years ago here at Colonial, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I both got rebaptized mm-hmm. um here. Uh, and I say rebaptized because we were baptized as infants. But some people, some people wouldn't recognize what we did as infants as baptism because it was—you're not going to dunk a baby in a in a pool of water. I mean, I, you could briefly. I mean, I guess you could. You could. Do maybe. That. Is that too dark to see? Maybe out don't. Loud? I don't know. I, yeah. I wouldn't do that in front of a church, especially as somebody else's baby.
2: Uh, I'm joking for all of you out there. I'm just that can't see my face. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. I mean, uh, depending uh, on the age, I did it right. to my kids when they were little. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So, um, so there So to is- cut to the chase, why, why did you and Shelby, as adults here at Colonial, choose to re- be rebaptized or to be baptized?
1: Yeah, we were guilted into it. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> like, Please don't say. Is that. there any truth to that? No, <laughs> okay, no, okay, no, we were not guilted into it.
1: Um, I think. Uh, obviously my wife's not here to speak for herself in that, but we did have several conversations cause we actually were baptized on the same day in the same space. We used to have a, we used to have a service in the loft. Um, and, uh, we were leading worship over there and actually it was kind of a cool moment cause we're leading worship. And then as soon as worship is over, we're going to get baptized in front of this mm. church. And for some people it was like, wait, hold on a minute. You haven't been baptized. Yeah. You know, um, we did get rebaptized and I again, I'll say it again. Uh, we say rebaptized because we believe, you know, whatever. Uh, we believe that we were baptized. Um, some people don't think that we were baptized and wouldn't see it as we were baptized as infants. Um, uh, we do water baptism here, and Jordan would speak much more clearly on...
2: He would say baptized by immersion. Exactly. Which is, which is gets down to theological... Sure. Interpretation of, of the the words, the words, and the that, way that Baptists believe means immersed. Yep. To, to to put them under till they bubble. As some that's Baptist right. It's like a joke. That's right. Know? Yeah, till the
1: sin bubbles stop. Yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> till the sin. <laughs> that's so that's so
2: we chose actually to be
1: rebaptized. Number one, we felt like we found um, we found our long term community. Uh, we felt like our church um, was we had a different understanding of baptism in at colonial church than we grew up with. And the more we, uh, pressed into what is baptism? What is this journey look like for us? The more we realized we, we ended up, um, with a deeper relationship with God and it, it felt like a brand new relationship with God. And when we started wrestling with not necessarily, um, not necessarily uh, just going deeper I don't think you need to be baptized because you found yourself going into a deeper relationship with God but when when the conversation went from deeper relationship with God to this is a new relationship with God, we started recognizing I'm not sure we 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 were where we thought we were hmm. and so through some conversations with some trusted people uh, we made the decision uh, to be baptized here at colonial in front of our community that we have been leading for a couple of years. Um, and I thought one, one, what a really cool experience for our community, um, to recognize that it's not too late, uh, for something like that. Um, and I do feel like Shelby and I, our lives went on a different trajectory from mm-hmm. that. And that's why ultimately I think we chose to be baptized, um, here at colonial. In this way
2: i'm glad you shared that tanner because i do think while we are officially a baptist church even though a lot of people don't know that we used to be called colonial baptist church and like a lot of baptist churches i think in the last couple decades they lost the b word um just because it's a, a misunderstood word or a word that comes with a lot of assumptions yeah. from yeah. from non-baptists sure. you know so we are colonial church but we're, we're baptistic in our doctrine we're baptistic for sure in our history and I think still you speak for a lot of people who just didn't don't have that upbringing or don't have that history. Um, for context, like one of the things that I said from the stage yesterday was what we see in the scriptures, for example, of this journey that starts with belief, that then you know the next step is baptism to celebrate publicly that belief, that ends up in community, right? And that's a very common story we see it throughout scripture, and yet. We can all speak to experiencing that firsthand or witnessing it in others. That that's not always the order it comes in. No, it's not necessarily um, linear. No, yeah. some people start with baptism. Yeah, because they were baptized mm-hmm. as infants, or or maybe they were baptized as a kid when they didn't, like you said, Brooke, that didn't yeah. really have a clear sense of what you were doing, or at least a full understanding of what you're doing. Some people it starts with community. I mean, I, I love that. I love those stories of people who are just attracted to. I want to be a part of something bigger or I just want to tag along with my friend cause I'm hurting and they find community amongst some Christians. And then way later in the journey, they're like, you know what? I think I believe this stuff. Right. You know? And then baptism comes maybe that's, even way later. That's kind of you know? what
1: happened to us. You know, we, mm-hmm. uh, we were baptized in infants. We had a community around us, uh, but it really wasn't a community we chose. I mean, we didn't really have a choice at that, in that matter. Mm. And the older we got, the more we recognized I don't know that we had the relationship we thought we had. Um, and so, but that realization came from community. So to go back, like, you know, we were baptized, we weren't, we didn't really find the community that was our community. We ended up finding community that informed us, and so we were rebaptized, um, and the belief came uh, came from from the community. You know, this this wrestling with where we where are we at on our spiritual journey led to some belief, which led to a baptism, and so it can be you know, it can be really any any of those three things um, in a, in a specific, not in a specific order. You know, so that's our story.
2: Um, I do think I selfishly want to dive in just for a couple of minutes about infant baptism. And so, any of you that just have no interest in in kind of church history or <laughs> understanding infant baptism, you can fast forward two Hit or the three fast minutes. Yeah, yeah. But for those of you that are curious, uh, I learned a lot, uh, especially stepping into the Methodist world and then going to seminary. Uh, infant baptism is a commonly held practice in a lot of Christian church traditions for the last two thousand years. Like, for those of you that think that's crazy or foreign, uh, it actually wasn't even questioned uh, or argued about in the church until the 16th century. So do the math, 1,600 years of, of a lot of churches practicing infant baptisms with no, we have no record of arguments amongst church leaders about it. So that, to me, says something right there. There's other examples in Scripture of whole, of entire households being baptized, multiple examples in the New Testament, right. which draws attention to, "Whoa, wait a second! Uh, they all, the whole family, decided at the same time." Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So what does that have to say about believers' baptism? Now, having said that, it's way more similar to what we experience and practice in child dedication here in our world than most of us even realize because neither churches who practice infant baptisms nor our church who practice child dedications believe or even adult baptisms believers baptisms none of us believe that the water's magic none of us believe that your sins get washed away that all of a sudden you're saved because you were baptized we all believe that it's a hard thing it's a it's a it's a it's symbolic your, it's symbolic it's yeah. of your own volition um, what we really have in common, whether it's infant baptism or it's uh believers' baptism is it's it's all about a covenant uh, one of my friends who's a pastor who really interprets the scripture differently when it comes to this, he likens infant baptism to just just acknowledging the covenant that God has made with us uh, that one of the the similarities, for example, is the way Jews see circumcision. Uh, it's a physical sign in some regards that completely separates them as a different ethnic group, as a different tribe, so to speak. But they also believe that it's not just a physical thing. It's not just something they do on the outside. It's also recognizing symbolically this covenant that it's not just circumcision of the flesh. Circumcision of the flesh. It's circumcision of the heart, mm. which I resonate with. It's not just the symbolic thing. I go into the water. I come back out, and my sins are washed away. In the sense that 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 God forgives me, and I. It's a symbol of my new life. It's also way bigger, and it's it's us as a church celebrating. God has reached into our world and given us a way back, um, and so it's celebrating what's already happened way before I even thought about God. We're celebrating. So in that way, that regard, we're celebrating even with my baby here, right. something that happened before it was even an idea, before right. this kid even came into the being, we're celebrating that God is good, mm-hmm. that God has rescued, that God's provided a way back. So sure. that's interesting to me that I think our Methodists down the street, brothers and sisters in Christ and other traditions that are celebrating infant baptisms, if they really um, are informed, you know, some of us in every tradition, go through the motions. But they're really not that different than us. They're yeah. celebrating who God is, what he's done, and ultimately each of us still has to make that choice right. to choose to follow Jesus. So yeah. to be clear, any of you out there that, that want to know more about baptism, we've got a baptism class that comes up about every quarter, every couple, three months. Yeah. Uh, right now Pastor Jordan, more often than not, is leading that and just having a great conversation. Of what it is, why do we do it? Uh, you can kind of kick the tires and figure out if that's for you. Yeah. But a, a, just a standing invitation here in our journey at Colonial to celebrate what God's done in your life through baptism.
0: Yeah, love it. Well, as you um, talked about, you know, going back and 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 seeing what the church has done for many many years. Um, one of the questions that I had is, and I don't even remember what the the, the scripture reference was for this, but one of the scriptures you you read um, this weekend was. Uh, basically about all, all the believers, they met together, they shared everything they had, they met in one place, they sold their property and possessions and uh, and shared their money. They worshiped together in the temple each day, they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people, and the Lord added to their fellowship. And so as you talk about the early church, like, part of me, I'm curious from your perspective, as you read through that, uh, was it was it Acts, Acts Acts 2. Acts 2, right? Mm-hmm. That's the Acts 2 church, right? The, yeah. That so many churches are, are founded on. I'm, I'm curious your, your perspective from, from reading that and seeing what that is, like, how does church now, um, how does it differ from from that perspective? Because what that is, that's not necessarily what we do. On a on a on a day to day basis, or um, on, even on a week to week basis, you know, sharing meals and um, pooling our possessions, and um, y- you know all those different things that are listed on there. So I'm just, I'm curious your perspective on on seeing that as listed out as this is what the early church did, compared to maybe where we are now in maybe the American church context. That's a whopper of a question. <laughs> Um, but I like it. I like it.
2: (laughs) Ready to go. I I think that first of all, I think we glamorize the early church a lot. Yeah. I think that's something I want to say at the very beginning of that answer is so often in my adult life, I have heard different people say, and I've probably said myself, Oh, I wish we were more like the Acts two church. I wish we were more like the early church and people forget, read some of Paul's letters to the early church. Basically his letters are a whole lot like you guys are a disaster.
0: Not a letter you wanted to get into No,
2: no. A letter of admonishment, a letter of correction, a letter Mm -hmm. of would you guys stop, you know, having (laughs) these inappropriate relationships, you know, with family members? I mean, it's it gets dark in some places. Would you guys start sharing and stop hoarding and and so to that end, let's not just take a few verses out of Acts chapter two and think The church was perfect back then, and now it's a disaster. That's not true. Church has always been messy. It's always been a hospital for sinners, uh, not a perfect place for all the perfect people. Having said that, Acts chapter 2 does paint this really exciting story, this picture of a story of, of people in their fervor, in their discovery of the gospel and God's goodness of doing some beautiful things together. I think there's also some cultural context to it. Let's not forget the early church was a subversive movement. Mm -hmm. The Roman Empire uh, and everything else around them, the Jewish culture in a lot of places, uh, was not in line with the early church of Jesus. And so it was very much in homes, in smaller groups. It was very authentic. There was nothing socially acceptable and, and commendable about going to church like there is in our world now. So it's a totally different context. Yeah. For, I think that's a big thing to not leave out.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I agree.
2: Um, then you add in hey, we're Americans and we're taught from the beginning uh, this rugged sense of individualism and you earn your way. You know, you work hard, you earn your way, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That even flies against a little bit of this biblical notion of sharing and and bearing each other's burdens, and it's not antithetical to it, but
0: it, it doesn't just jive with it right. real smoothly. So... Whole households becoming Christ followers at the same time. That's, and, what, that's a great yeah.
2: example. Is To us, that's crazy, yep. because I want right. my kid to make their own decision yep. about everything. Well, there's this Jewish hmm. element of culture where, no, we do things as a family, you right. know? So I think that's part of the difficulty of taking the Scripture... Uh, the stories of what the church experienced on the other side of the planet in a different culture 2,000 years ago and bringing it to Wichita Falls, Texas, mm. uh, where I live out in the suburbs. And I drive 12 minutes to church and do life with some people who live in Burke Burnett and are from southern Oklahoma. And yeah. Yeah. Um, having said that, it's, a, it's, it's not crazy that we take these simple principles and we apply them. Uh, I don't think it's a reach at all to say, oh my goodness, look what they did well. They studied the scripture together. They connected with each other. They served the heck out of each other and the least of these around them. And they had this, this determination to connect with, with God intimately in prayer. Yep. Those four things. Like, let's not make it so complicated. Uh, we talk a lot about in our groups ministry here at Colonial, that's all we're asking our groups to do. Yeah. Like, we don't want some person to do all the talking. We want this this shared experience of of studying the scriptures. We don't want it just to be this holy huddle and and meet in a room, classroom or a, a living room without getting off our butts and going to serve and, and be aware of the needs around us. So so if we're studying, connecting, serving and praying, um, I love how Pastor Jordan just says that over and over and over right. and over again. Yeah. And I hope the rest of us do too. That's what we're striving for our groups to really embody which then translates into our church really embodying studying connecting serving and praying. So well I'm going to stop because I could I could just go on and on about how <laughs> I think Acts 2 helps us and maybe even hurts us in some ways.
1: Yeah, well I I um I think it was uh you know you're pulling out. So just in that conversation you had this weekend, you're you're pulling out study, connect, serve, pray, um, as like bite-sized things that are, it's not, it's like you said, it's not crazy to, to think that we can all begin to live in, in this way. And I think about like, um, uh, are we centering time on our weekend when we're reminding ourselves of what we have been given and, uh, and trying to be a little more focused on how we can be giving, um, even if it comes down to like I think about um, some of the most fun I've ever had is um, giving some people things not even just that they need, but like that just like brings them joy you know um, what would it look like if we as a body of believers, as we're talking about serving people around us, yes, meet needs of people like good grief, man we've got a bunch of people that um, we could meet the needs of pretty easily. Um, We, we as families have some things that others do not. Um, But also what would it look like if we weren't just giving and meeting needs, but we were blessing people beyond, Mm. you know? Uh, Gosh, I was a recipient of that this last week. Are you kidding me? I didn't need this, but like people blessed my family in a way that, um, I'll never be able to repay, you know? Right. And they don't want me to. What would it look like if we all could begin to live in that way? I mean, it's mm. such a beautiful thing,
2: so. Mm. Agree. Yeah. To that end, uh, I tried to, it's a, it's not a short list, it's 10 things, but these 10 great expectations, I call them, from, from what we saw the early church experience that I think we should have for this year, for Colonial, here, now, curious I asked the whole church this what of those expectations is there any one of those that just especially excites you or that gives you some some hope for this year that you want you really want to see God God create or or bring about anything either one of y'all
1: yeah I mean I I have like two that really really stuck out to me as I was thinking about this one of them we've already been talking about and you probably could guess is that sharing with each other um sharing our stories, sharing the stories of others, but sharing even like our things, our yeah. stuff, yeah. our space, all that. Like I get really excited about the possibility of our community being transformative in that way.
2: If we're experiencing that, if we're seeing people on our left and our right living, holding their hands, palms up, holding on to things loosely, yeah. not only is that super fun, how attractive is that? Oh yeah! You know how many people are going to want to be a part of that? Yeah. They're going to go. That is different. That's everybody else is hoarding. Mm-hmm. I'm hoarding. <laughs> You're not like that. I want what you have. Yep. I want to be a part of that. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, agree.
1: I, I that's one of the that's one of the things probably that most excites me about mm. uh about this God sized dream for this year. Mm. Even uh, another one would be like worshiping consistently together. Um, and I, I I'm not talking specifically. Um, in the context of a Sunday gathering or anything like that, um, yes, that would be exciting. I, I would, gosh, I would love to. I would love to see the numbers we used to have, and not not for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of um, what that means. Of what that means, yeah. yeah. Um, it just would be so beautiful. But even in the context of worshiping together in homes, and um, mm. we we used to be able to do this. pre pandemic, we had this uh, house worship nights that we were facilitating. Where at any given house worship night, we'd have 20 to 40 people. We're going to do it again. it's going to happen yeah i I'm, I'm believing happen. for it, I'm praying yeah. for it and uh and and having people in our home, uh, the Hodges home, you know, worshiping together mm. in in a each sharing a meal together, praying together, uh you know um, and living some of that up in and, and out, rhythm together like yeah. I, I I really, really long for house worship nights, mm. worshiping together. Um,
0: consistently. Okay.
2: What about you, Brooke? What about you? What, what are those expectations jumps out to you? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's similar to what you're saying and, and kind of the things that we've we've been we've been hitting on. You know, the sharing sharing with those in need, obviously with with my role, um, that that's obviously a passion of mine. It's a big thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I talk about these things um, in in how can we find ways to do this more, you know? And so if if our church was doing this, that means that we are Putting the effort in, the time, and and building the relationships that we need to across the community, and not just next door, um, but next door as well. Like how you know, I, I think about the ways that I, I we used to live on a um, uh, like a circle drive or a cul-de-sac, whatever we call it in this a in this circle region. Drive? Yeah. Yeah. Did you just say
2: circle drive? I did. Yeah. Is that real? No.
0: Yeah in other places it is but anyway so i think about this place and and i remember when we pulled it when we got there we moved in and somebody told us oh yeah yeah it's great it's like a bomb scare happened because everybody gets home from work and then they just they go home and then their doors and they shut their garage and and it was like that was the that was the great thing about it and i was like i thought the whole point of living on a circle like that was that we all lived that right here that's and, a, such an
2: indictment of our culture and we experience culture. right exactly yeah. and yeah, so our cul-de-sac, it's like a bomb scare exactly. every day it's <laughs> great everybody just <laughs> runs and closes the
0: door that's right i don't want to see you <laughs> you know so uh, and and i think about the i think the person that told me that like i think about my experience with the with that that family and and okay that makes that makes sense yeah um but, and, and the other thing is, you know, doing life together. And I think that's where we, we, we even miss out even more is like, okay, great. So we met a need, but are we doing life with the people? Are we meeting the needs of the people we're doing life with, you know, mm-hmm. or are we doing life with people? And obviously after 2020, that's a difficult question in and right. of itself. Right. You know, right. how are we doing life with each other? And maybe that means, you know what, the ways that we've always done life together, has to change. You know, we long for those things. We want them to be back to normal, but maybe they won't be exactly the same for a while. So how do we break out of what we, what we have always known and create new ways to do life together. And so th- 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 those are the things things that, that stick out to me.
2: I will jump on the last thing you said. That's as I read through that list of 10 great expectations, doing life together is, is the first thing that jumps off. Cause I, I, Felt this way two and a half years when I got here. Church of a thousand, whatever, whatever size we want to call colonial. I don't care how big the church is, huge, thousands and thousands of people. It's always about relationships. Yeah. It's always about doing life with people. And so, um, virus or no virus, big church or small church, I just I have great hopes, high hopes of us just more and more experiencing doing life with each other in each other's space. And then finding out about real needs yeah. and meeting them, I yeah. think I think they go together,
0: you know. Yeah, so for, for sure. sure, for sure. All right, last call before we wrap up here. And pause this conversation. Anything else you guys want to throw in here?
2: I want to go ahead and bring attention to something you said off recording, Brooke. Somebody mm-hmm. voiced, "Hey, you guys, I don't, I don't even really if I'm going to say it right about about us disagreeing or not disagreeing. Right. What, what was the question?
0: Uh, basically, hey, this it'd be great for you guys to disagree on the podcast because we talked about wanting to." Because we want to, yeah, yeah, we want to, we want to model that. So go ahead and disagree. Yeah, I
2: I want to clarify. Um, our heart is to be able to disagree. I disagree with that. <laughs> Pipe down. Sorry, not right now. Pipe I was down. I was ready. No, in all seriousness, we one of the things Brooke and Tanner and I have loved talking about is some really hard topics over the last couple of years. And recognizing it's really hard in the church, it's really hard amongst Christians. I think, well, shoot, everybody in our culture, to just have civil discourse, just yeah. to, just to to agree to disagree and still love the heck out of each other, and even better, maybe really seek to understand mm-hmm. another viewpoint. And so we're a whopping almost four full episodes in, that's and right. I don't know that we've disagreed about a dadgum thing, <laughs> and yet that's okay. We're not trying to force disagreements. We just, over time, I think our heart for the podcast especially, and even I would say for the, our church journey together, is more and more to learn how to and model coming to times when you do disagree mm-hmm. and, and moving forward through it. And so, um, yeah, we haven't done it yet in, in, in that regard. We're kindred spirits, so we're probably going to agree on a lot of things. And yet, uh, I think just agreeing to disagree on things, it's going to come. It's going to yeah. come.
0: Well, and and the nice thing is that that came out of that sentiment came out of a conversation where the person I was talking to we didn't necessarily agree on things, but it was it was it was an attempt to see each other's perspective, and and so I I hope that we can get to that point. And obviously, you know, if we're talking about um, major, you know, hot button topics, then yeah, okay, that might be an easier thing to do. But uh, that that doesn't always happen immediately. Well, Well, case
2: in point, we've left politics out for right. 4 weeks. We've left I think I talked about Christian nationalism briefly, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously we could we could just hey, let's do a podcast on politics and we're going to we're going to really get into it. There's some things that are much easier or or potentially very divisive yeah. that we could talk through.
0: I'm sure and, a politics podcast would probably be one of our shorter ones. Yes. Yeah. And to be yeah. frank, 10, 20 try minutes. to be real with
2: everybody in every way that we lead uh, we want to be wise in how we do this yeah. because um Shocker, there's probably a few things that one or more of us could share that you would just turn off the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. totally
1: disagree with, and I'm done. And, and yeah. not listen anymore. Yep. And we don't mm-hmm. want to lose
2: our platform. We want to, we want to continue to have conversation. Um, I will go ahead and plant a seed. We're going to talk about some difficult topics around race mm-hmm. uh, in the coming future. And I hope, oh, I hope, I hope, see, somebody might have turned it off right there. I hope that it's not a chance to go off on a rant or make a point it's it's just ongoing healthy conversation right um and we're gonna hear from some people that we might disagree with and i'm looking forward to that all
0: thank right you. so we pause the conversation for today that's the end of uh, episode four hopefully you um stopped your your fast forward button uh, earlier when uh, when lauren <laughs> told you to if you got it if you got it this far so thank you guys for for joining in with us for hanging out and listening to us ramble on about some things. So um, guys, thanks for being here. For any of you listening in, um, we would love to hear your questions, hear your thoughts as we talk about things on the weekend, as you're dealing with things in your small group, or someone says something to you at work, and you're like, hmm, I wonder, this would be a great conversation to have. Like, we want to hear those things. So email us. You can email us at podcast at colonialchurch.com and, uh, w- yeah, we, Absolutely. we want to, we want to, we want to, I really
2: want to hear from people. If you, if you're listening at all, if you're still with us, send in even just a quick comment, send in, you know, which one of the three of us you think we should vote out, uh, <laughs> send in all seriousness, send in a comment of what you're enjoying, what we, you think we should talk about more, uh, and for sure questions.
0: So, Yeah. If you have not downloaded the Colonial app, you're going to want to get that, so go ahead and grab that. Also, uh, I jumped on a couple of other random podcast apps that I was just curious what they looked like and just wanted to experience them. And so I jumped on a couple of them and could not find our podcast. Uh, Several of them, it's, it's there. So if you have time, if you listen to us, leave us a review, help us be able to be found on some other, on some other platforms so that uh, as any random person from colonial decides to jump onto their podcast app that they like, that we can be found there as well. So thank you guys. And uh, we'll pause that conversation and we'll pick it up next week. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can send your thoughts or questions to our email at podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.